Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports, where we are a guy and a girl who just really love to talk all things sports. Even in a time when there's not a lot of live sports happening, we will always find something to talk about or someone to interview. So if you love sports as much as we do, make sure you're tuning in every Monday and every Thursday for another episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports. But thank you guys so much for choosing A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports to listen to. We know that there's so many sports podcasts out there to listen to, so we really appreciate it. And if you want to leave a review, leave a rating, and don't forget to subscribe. You'll get an update for every single episode to come. And if you want a little daily fix of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook, GG Talk Sports. But with that being said, let's jump into today's highlights because we want to get through this because we have a great guest coming on who shares a ton of information in sports conversations. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We're going to get into today's highlights. The first one, I'm way too excited for this. Jamie Foxx is beefing up to apparently become Mike Tyson in a documentary. Yeah, he's already posted a few photos on Instagram of kind of his progress physically to fit the role, and it's looking kind of insane. So I think he's going to be a perfect fit. He's already done like Mike Tyson impressions and it's been pretty much spot on. So I don't think there could be that anybody. That was crazy. I know. I don't think there could be anybody better for the role. Literally, go look up ESPN MMA's Instagram, I believe. And they put up a video of Jamie Foxx when he was on a phone call with Mike Tyson. And it's going like, to be insane. Yeah, he's like <laughs> mimicking him basically. And it's like perfect. Yeah, perfect. All right, next highlight. Jamal Adams and the Jets. I don't see any sort of relationship getting brought back together between those two. I think he's probably out. Apparently, he was driving around in his nice G-Wagon. Somebody said, Cowboys. He said, that's where I'm trying to go. But then he also had speculation that he was trying to go to the, where was it, the Bucks. So, yeah, I don't really know where he's going to end up. Personally, I think if the Texans could kind of like slide in and actually get themselves a nice piece during the free agency or offseason period, I think it would be a big help for Bill Crap O'Brien so far. Oh, um, poor Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I don't exactly know where he's going to end up either, but clearly the relationship, like you said, is past the point of being mended at the Jets, so it's just a matter of where he'll go and who wants him. Um, so I'm intrigued to see how that one plays out. I know that he's expensive, but at the end of the day, if you look at what he's been able to do on the field, I think he might be worth it. I know yeah. that safeties aren't necessarily like one of the top-tier pay positions, they get paid, but they don't get paid like a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what team actually kind of takes a chance. The reason why I said the Texans is because I kind of, if you look back, they took a chance on Tyron Matthew. They gave him a couple years to get his kind of football credit back, his football, I don't know, acumen after back. After injury, yeah. After injury. Um, so that's kind of why maybe I could see them going after him, but yeah. who knows? We'll see. Next highlight, Kevin Love won the Arthur Ashe Award, which yeah. was fantastic. We watched the ESPYs last night. At least the back half of them, yeah, because we watched where they were giving out the big awards, and like you said, Kevin Love won the Arthur Ashe Award for basically his kind of um, work and attention he's bringing to mental health, to anxiety, to depression, because he has gone through it personally, and he's been able to bring a ton of awareness and also just like actually raise funds to do further work in that department. So super awesome of him to do that. It was also really cool they had a young kid on there who basically said that Kevin Love helped him to understand what he was feeling, and his mom said that she got her son back, so it was super sweet to see kind of how he's affecting the lives of kids, and I think it's really important work that he's doing. Yeah, no, I think that that's something that I don't I don't really remember maybe who said it. Maybe it was Jay Williams, honestly, that when we were watching the whole ESPYs, they had just a short little clip or a quote of something, and it said that you can test an athlete's physical abilities, but it's really, really challenging to test an athlete's mental abilities. 
because you don't know what's going inside somebody's head all the time. You don't know what somebody's thinking when they're down five points in a game or I don't know, whatever it can be. Sports can put you in a really, really dark spot. And somebody wouldn't know that. And that's what happened to Kevin Love. And so for him to be able to come out, use his platform, use his voice, and just kind of have the cojones, honestly, to come out and say, like, I'm having issues and I want to help others with these issues. It was really powerful, really kind of awesome to watch. Yeah. So shout out to Kevin Love. The next one actually is the Muhammad Ali Award. And this went out to Nelson Cruz, the Minnesota Twins player, which is what his work has done. I didn't realize maybe the... uh, the scope of his work, honestly. I realized, I, I kind of knew him. I knew a little bit about what he did. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know everything that it entailed. It's amazing. Yeah, so basically what he did or has been doing is bringing, like, protection and all these resources to his hometown in the Dominican Republic. The first thing he did was um, bring them a fire truck because his friend's house burned down. They didn't even have a fire truck to stop it from burning down. So he provided that. Then he provided an ambulance. A police then, station. Yeah, then he opened a police station. Then he opened a medical facility so that when the ambulance picks somebody up, they have somewhere to take them. So he's literally brought all these resources to his hometown and literally brought life there because all of these things have saved lives of people who live there. So super impressive work. And he said he's just going to keep going. So he deserves it for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. And then this also kind of drags me back to the point of like, listen to what baseball was able to provide him, provide his country, provide his nation. And then you look at them right now, what they're arguing about. Pennies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, guys, look, this is what your influence has been able to do. Just suck it up. Like, look at all of these people that baseball, because if you think about it, without baseball, Nelson Cruz wouldn't have had the means to do everything that he was able to do. And now baseball is pretty much just saying, eh, we're going to hold. And, 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 and that's MLBPA and the MLB. But it's just sad to see because they don't realize maybe the, I don't know, honestly, I'm going to use the word again, the scope of what baseball really can do for people. So we'll see. I don't know. That got me thinking about that, and I kind of had to talk (laughs) about it for a second. But our last highlight, and this one was, we actually just found out about it right before we got on the podcast, and we had to address this because this is just something that is just despicable, despising, all of the above, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, So apparently Bubba Wallace, he didn't find it, which doesn't really change anything. Bubba Wallace, I guess, and their team found a noose um, in their NASCAR garage. Like, I just don't even have words for this. Like, the level of disgust that I feel about somebody putting a noose in somebody's garage to find is, like, a whole level of disgusting that I just can't even comprehend. Like, what the actual hell is somebody doing? That is just, I can't. Yeah, no, I mean, we're both at a loss of words right now. So, I think personally, if I'm looking at this, and my first initial reaction was, Why? Like, why? What has he done to anyone besides try to make NASCAR, if you really think about it, a national sport? He is all he's trying to do is bring every single party together to enjoy NASCAR, not exclude people, which yeah. was what they were doing. So exactly. I, I don't understand. And the other thing that I want to talk about is the amount of backlash that the NASCAR has faced because of what they're trying to do. So apparently outside of the arenas or outside of the, the racetracks, my apologies, there's people out there protesting with the Confederate flag. There was a plane that flew over the racetrack that said defund NASCAR. I mean, it's just getting excessive to this point. I don't understand, and I, I will never claim to understand, but at some point in time, you got to look around and kind of scratch your head. 
I mean, yeah, you have to look at all these people who are so defensive over their Confederate flag and so defensive when NASCAR is trying to welcome more fans into their fan base and try and understand what is wrong with these people in general, to be totally honest. And I think Bubba Wallace said it best himself. He said, it's really saddening, and I think, if anything, it just proves how much work still has to be done and how much racism still exists. The fact that somebody is willing to put a noose in his garage just completely shows you that there's still so many people out there who have these disgusting views of people. So I just think that there's still so much work to be done and just continues to prove why everything going on right now is so important, why we can't lose touch and can't just let it have been a trend because it's clearly affecting so many people's lives. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And then I want to even talk about it from this side because just as a sports fan personally, and I know that I feel like I'll say 95% of sports fans out there feel this way. I love talking about sports. Mm -hmm. You can be white, black, orange, purple, green, whatever your color is. If you're talking about sports, I would love to talk to you because that's what matters. It's about sharing sports. It's not not about sharing sports with certain people. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. So just from a business standpoint too even, NASCAR is going to make more money if they allow everybody to actually go into their racetracks and feel welcome yeah. and feel like they can actually be a NASCAR fan. Yeah. So in every single aspect, it's the right thing to do. By NASCAR, yeah. By 100%. NASCAR. Yeah. So I, I just don't understand. I Like we say, we, we don't understand. We don't claim to understand. We just try and educate ourselves and just do what's right. Um, so hats off to NASCAR for standing by Bubba. Hats off to Bubba for not bending, not breaking, not not leaving NASCAR saying, no, look, I will be the person that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So hats off to him and, uh, you know, we stand by him and support him. With that being said, we are going to get into our interview. I know that was kind of a long highlight reel for an interview, but a lot of things have been happening and we just wanted to cover off on them before we actually dove into this interview because Annie is a avid sports lover I mean, we talked everything. It was fantastic. Yeah, we definitely talked everything, but we did talk quite a bit about the NHL coming back because she's a massive hockey fan, and we love hockey, but wanted to have somebody on who could really educate us on the upcoming return of NHL, so we hope you enjoy. Like we always say, make sure you leave a rating, leave a review, and subscribe for all the upcoming episodes. All right, welcome back to the podcast, guys. We have a fantastic episode for you to listen to. It is Annie. She is the host of OD on Sports, where she just talks pretty much all about the hottest topics in sports by herself, with guests, with friends. I think that's one of the reasons why I really always enjoy listening to her is just because she always listens to her followers. She always is incorporating topics, her discussions requested, and it's always just really fascinating to tune in and kind of get her takes on sports and everything like that. So, hello. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. And can you obviously kind of expand on what I said maybe and tell everybody where to find you uh, after this episode to connect? Well, thank you for that introduction. I'm flattered <laughs> over here. But, um, yeah, you can find you. me. My podcast is OD on Sports. You can find it wherever podcasts are streamed. And I'm also on Instagram at OD on Sports. Or you can follow my personal page at Sweet Annie OD. It's still sports for the most part, but a little <laughs> bit more of my normal day life, too. <laughs> Perfect. So how did you come up with OD on Sports? This is like one of the questions I like to ask because I'm fascinated because I feel like coming up with names for things is one of the hardest parts. So how did you come up with OD on sports? Uh, see, this is where my mom gets her claim to fame. My oh, mom nice. actually kind of came <laughs> up with it. But, um, Shout out the moms. 
of names and um you know it, that was honestly one of the hardest parts <laughs> before launching i was like well i gotta think of something catchy and my last name's o'donnell um and the nickname od has always i have four brothers and it's kind of been interchangeable between all four all five of us b- between sports all of our activities od is just kind of easy quick nickname i don't know if you guys watch miracle but jack o'callahan is oc yeah. kind of shout out thing. one of the greatest <laughs> sports movies maybe of all time absolutely <laughs> agree with that i made steph watch <laughs> yeah, it for the she, first um, time <laughs> she texted it to me and i sat with it a little bit and i said at first i wasn't sure about it i thought i was a little cheesy and then the more i listened to it the more like i sat with it i was like you know what i think that's it yeah I like look it. I think it's, like, cool because it could be, obviously, have multiple meanings. It's, like, a personal nickname of yours, but then also, like, if you OD on sports, you just, like, go overboard and love them so much. So I love how it has, like, a multi-purpose to it. Right. My thoughts, exactly. And honestly, it's good. I can shorten it to where people are like, oh, I'm the next OD, and people call me OD, which I'm more used to my brothers being called OD. Like, my brother played college lacrosse, and that's his nickname, and all the parents and fans would cheer that when he had the ball. So it's very weird for people to call me, like, directly OD. People usually call me Annie OD, sweet Annie OD. So that part's a little weird, but I definitely like the double meeting in there. See, you're slowly competing, though, because he had it for the athletic side. He was the OD on the athletic, you know, nickname spectrum, but now you're slowly kind of taking it over as the OD in sports podcasting podcasting and everything so i don't know i think you're gonna i don't know you you should definitely i was gonna say you should fight for that nickname because it's kind of good i had a friend whose last name was o'donnell but i called him to because his first name was tyler Uh, so it was kind of (laughs) different yeah Uh, to makes sense i like that could have called him my goal is to take the name od and run with it take it over sucks to suck kevin (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love that so all right so i guess with that being said is one of your favorite sports memories kind of family-related? Did it start, your love of sports kind of obviously start, you have four brothers, like you said, so did it kind of start really early on, or did you kind of, I don't know, how did your love of sports kind of start? Yeah, very early on. My dad is a huge sports fan. He's originally from Long Island, so grew up uh, loving sports. And then he and my mom, uh, I actually grew up in San, I'm from San Diego. Uh, He's a former Marine, so we were stationed in Camp Pendleton during his time in the Marine Corps. And even out in California, he instilled the love of sports and athletics in all of us at a very young age. And lucky for me, I express interest in sports, whether it's watching it with him or talking about it from an early age. And he really embraced it and helped me learn how to talk sports, stats, history. One of my favorite things is talking with him about stories. I mean, he grew up going to Ebbets Field, uh, watching the Brooklyn Dodgers. He watched Original Six Hockey, so hearing stories from him going into the city as a kid, uh, one of my, actually one of my favorite kind of memories I share with him is just kind of exchanging of stories. Um, And that's pretty much how I got into sports. I mean, my dream at eight years old was to own the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is my (laughs) favorite sports franchise, because at the time they were owned by uh, Frank McCourt, and if you guys remember correct, if you guys are baseball fans, it's... That was not a good period of time for Dodgers fans. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know what? This guy isn't doing such a good job. Like, I think I could run the team. Yeah, I can uh, do which better. You probably could I'm have, honestly, at that, that age. Goal, but... You probably could have at that age, though. Realistically, you probably could have done a better job. <laughs> true, true. But I like Magic Magic and company are doing a good job so far. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get that World Series title someday soon. Get it back again. 
Um, okay, so basically you have kind of grown up around sports, obviously, but then how did you end up kind of turning it into talking about sports? Obviously, like you said, your dad taught you kind of how to talk stats, which my dad did the same thing to be able to, like, have good points. Because once again, I feel like if you're a lady who likes sports, it's kind of like you have to prove that to our point we were talking before the podcast is like proving that you can be a fan because you can actually like talk and hang in the conversation. Um, so how did you kind of transition that into wanting to podcast about sports? I, I mean, I went to school for sports marketing. I always knew I wanted a career in sports. Um, I try, I did internships with NHL teams, uh, tried the sales side and I enjoyed my time. I just knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do and where I truly feel the most excited is talking sports with people. I, I went to school in Pittsburgh. I lived in Chicago. I'm now in New York. And I always say talking sports is like my universal love language. It's how I create communities and establish relationships everywhere I go. Not to quote Mean Girls, but it's like it's the same in every country. Where <laughs> yeah. Like if you can talk sports, like no matter what city you go in, you're, you can find a community. You can find friends. And that's, that's how so true. I've been able to do that. Um, as far as a podcast goes, I it was, two, I think, two years ago. And... I really wasn't happy with my job here in New York and I was talking to a friend and she said, well, what would you do if money didn't money aside, everything aside, what would you do for a job? And I said, talk sports. And she said, Annie, you know, people do that and get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. <And I> said, <laughs> I was like, yeah, but like, where do you start? Uh, you know, I didn't have a journalism degree or background. So I, that kind of deterred me a little bit, but the more you see it, the more you see people just putting their ideas out on social media and just creating their own brands and content and from there turning it into something great. So that was kind of my inspiration for starting a podcast. And I remember t I took like a, I really didn't know much about podcasts, to be honest. Like I didn't listen to them all that much until I kind of got interested in starting my own. So I took like a 101 podcast course and one of the things my mom would always kind of joke about was that I used to always talk to myself as a kid. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I can't explain it. And she, something that the, uh, the leader of the course said, she said, got to get good at talking to yourself. So start practicing. I said, so something I was born to do. Yes, oh my God, perfect. this is perfect. So that's kind of how it started. Um, it took me a little bit of while to officially launch just because I, um, I feel like I was, scared you know obviously yeah. there's a lot of vulnerability and putting yourself out there and for sure you see you see people putting out takes and even the most accomplished you know accredited qualified people you know saying you know stating their opinion and people are still going to say oh you don't know what you're talking about like uh yeah. stick, sit down like shut up and they're still talking sports yeah so that's, that was my kind of i look at like a guy like stephen a smith who has the background and has put in the work and people still think he doesn't know what he's talking about right it's baffling. every day no yeah it's crazy that's that's kind of that's a great point that you brought up actually because stephen a smith is so controversial but if you actually listen to what he says most of the time he's making kind of fantastic brilliant points and it's also based in fact a majority of the time too exactly. he does have opinions but he's yeah. backing it up with something but i also do want to say it's it's kind of ironic that we kind of share the similar story in the podcast realm and also i will say steph 100 percent talks to herself i do talk to myself <laughs> a lot yeah. um but it, yeah we i personally didn't really listen to many podcasts when we started off steph was a massive podcast guru she would listen to them while she worked or whatever the case was and I just personally, I just 
not the best multitasker. And so I sometimes wouldn't. Um, but with that being said, we were just kind of like, oh, man, this is pretty interesting. And we talked to ourselves so much about sports and amongst our friends and everything. We we're like, why not just put out 30 minutes twice a week? And that way we can talk to such a vast majority of people and just way more people than we ever thought that we could in general. And it turned out to be something so special and so fantastic just to be able to talk to so many individual groups, individual podcasters, and just sports lovers about just sports. sports. <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially. Could not agree more. And that was the other thing is I, I, I could talk sports all day. Like, it's literally my favorite thing to talk about. And a lot of my friends, while they like sports, they're not exactly on that level. <laughs> and so normally I would just call my dad who lives across the country and just blab his ear off or rant about whatever and I, would, I was finally like, you know what, let me just record it, put it out there. And I mean, you said it yourself was this podcast, the sports podcast, like circle and community is so supportive and we're all pretty much like-minded in that we just love talking sports. We love hearing people's stories and whether it's their teams or how they got into loving a certain sport. And I think that's part of what makes like a sports podcast just so special is everyone's got their own little twist and little story. Not one is alike, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it is cool. Like you could be talking about the same exact game, but five different people or five different podcasts could have five completely different takeaways from watching the exact same thing, which is super fun to be able to listen to. Exactly. I mean, not so much nowadays with no games Yeah, exactly. On, it's yes, a little totally more difficult agree. at this point in time. But yeah. one thing we do want to talk about, because like we said, we are kind of hockey fans, but we wouldn't say we're the biggest hockey followers. So we wanted to get somebody on who knows hockey because, to your point, we will have live hockey coming up again relatively soon, which is super exciting. Um, yes, it, I'm so I know, excited. it's so exciting. <laughs> it's playoff time. hockey, which is like, oh man, playoff hockey is just a different breed. And I mean, uh, it's, yeah. it, it's a breed of its own. So, but Let, there is there is nothing like play. There is nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, I, that's so true. I love all sports. I mean, the MLB postseason because it's so condensed into one month is a whole other level of adrenaline but just the excitement and the level of play that comes up with the nhl playoffs is unmatched insane so how did you kind of start to like hockey it sounds like obviously from your dad because he like you said you shared a lot of memories with you about hockey but then how did you kind of continue to stay a hockey fan through today you know i always just loved it i always loved all my dad put us all on skates like as soon as we could walk yeah which is not very common in southern (laughs) california but um Something it was just a sport that I always loved. Um, specifically, when I got into high school was when I really like dug into stats, history. I was a, really researching my teams, and not a lot of people in hockey in California, excuse me, shared that exact love of hockey that didn't share my last name. So I got really big into like hockey Twitter and finding friends online that just loved the sport as much as I did, and I carried that love with me from college in Pittsburgh to my first job out of college in Chicago, both of which obviously big hockey towns with recent success. And then uh, moving to New York where there's three teams in the metro area. So being around hockey has been, uh, I don't want to say it's kind of like a requirement for me as far as where (laughs) I'm with, but it's definitely a sport that I love um, that I want to yeah, I keep watch- I love watching um, despite my team's the Ducks. So even if I can't watch my own team play, I love going in and just taking in the atmosphere. There's nothing like it. Okay, so before we started recording, you talked about an experience of coming to our town in Nashville and going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So do you want to recap what that was like before we jump into what the playoffs are going to look like this year? 
Absolutely. Okay. So speaking from a fan that got to go. (laughs) (laughs) This was uh, twenty. Was it twenty seventeen? Yes, it was twenty seventeen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it was because. Yeah, that was the year. That was the Penguins won their second cup. Okay. So and then. So the Preds had just beat the Ducks in the Western Conference Final. I don't want to talk about it. We'll We'll skip past that. It's fine. It's fine. Um, So I was sitting in Chicago, and it was just normal week. And I remember the Stanley Cup Finals had just started, and everyone was buzzing about the atmosphere that was going down in Nashville. Broadway was packed. Everyone was out celebrating. There was nothing like it. And I actually had one of my dear friends from college works in the community relations department for the Preds. And she had texted me. It was a Sunday late afternoon. And she texted me saying, you need to come down here. Like, this atmosphere is so you. You would love it. I said, yo. Like, it crossed my mind, honestly. I was like, that would be so cool. But, yeah, I wish. I, I saw ticket prices. They were absurd. Sounds and she right. said, you know, if – she said, if you can get down here, I have an extra ticket. It's yours. Insane. And I just kind of, I remember I was coming home with groceries. I was ready to, you know, I think I had tickets to a Cubs game the next day uh, where we had like a rooftop kind of deal. And I was just stopped in my tracks. I said, I have an opportunity to go to the Stanley Cup final. Mm -hmm. Like this is every hockey fan's dream. Even if it's not my team, like this is a dream to go. Right. Right. For free. So I texted my parents and they were at a banquet for my brother and so they couldn't really talk me out of the idea. So I finally went on. It was this was like nine ten o'clock. I went on to Southwest. I booked it. It was at 10, 10 p.m. at the time. I pressed book for a flight at six a.m. out of Midway, getting into Nashville. And that was my. That's probably my favorite spur of the moment story because I've never booked a flight within eight hours of takeoff. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's amazing. There. Um, her one condition was I did have to wear a Preds shirt, so I had to. Band-aid up the wounds from losing the Western <laughs> Conference Final and represent the Predators. See, but wouldn't you want to wear, like, the actual team that beat your team? I mean, You would want them to win, right? probably. Uh, like, I mean, make it worth your team yeah. losing. I always feel like that's my philosophy. <laughs> that's Steph's philosophy. <laughs> they're, they're lucky they were playing the Penguins, which, I, I mean, living in Pittsburgh for four years, that fan base really just grinds my gears. So. <laughs> it's like the Chiefs. It's like yeah. the Chiefs and myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yes, and I like I think I was telling you guys was the atmosphere, it was so much fun. I mean, everything from my Uber ride from the airport where I said, Yeah, I'm going going to the game tonight, and they're like, What? Oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. And then getting down there, I mean the city was just buzzing. And I I think I told you guys, one of, in my first episode, actually, one of my rants I go on is how much I hate fans that gatekeep and try to test you. Yeah, And my favorite thing about that atmosphere was everybody was just there to enjoy the experience and have a good time. No one was, like, quizzing you on stats and, you know, hit team history and facts and, <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm a Penguins fan. I've been around forever. Like, oh, I'm a lifelong hockey fan. Like, no one cares. It yeah. was just, let's all have a good time and enjoy each other, enjoy this experience of our team being in the Stanley Cup final, which yeah. – that made it so much fun for me. And, I mean, the fact that they, they won game four made it even better. Yeah, that's but even better. <laughs> it was, it's an experience unlike any other. I mean, if any fan can has the chance to go to a final of any sport, I suggest you go. It's, you know, something you tell your kids about one day for sure. Yeah, it's a completely different experience than just your regular season game, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I think right. I was trying to think back on a time that we were able to go to something like a finals experience or anything. And the closest thing that we were able to experience had to be the finals four, the finals four, <laughs> the final four. And it was, I mean, it was an atmosphere unlike any other that we've ever experienced. Yeah, it was, was crazy. crazy. It is That's just so a different cool. level. But, I mean, a different level of excitement, but... But so. I can just only imagine, like, my dream personally, and I would love to hear your thoughts, because maybe the Stanley Cup Finals was your dream, but that one's already been achieved, so we need to hear another one. But for me personally, I would love to go see a Super Bowl or a college basketball finals. I think that would just be... With your team in it. With my team. No. Or just, just either. In gen- I mean, if Syracuse was in it, my God, I don't think they'll be in it for the next five years. But if they were, I mean, I'd be ecstatic and... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a crazy experience, but I think just one of those two sporting championship events would be my go-to. Oh, or like a, oh, bless you, Ace. <laughs> or I guess maybe like a UFC championship. Like a title? I mean, that'd be a championship title, I guess, would be kind of another one. But right. if you had to pick, what would be like a sporting event of your choice or a championship match of your choice? Dodgers World Series game. Not even a contest. Ooh, that was yeah, fast. I love that. Not that's even quick. a contest. The Lakers, a finals game to the Lakers would be a close second. My dad is a diehard Celtics fan. Hates the Lakers with every <laughs> ounce in him. So, yeah, at, if I were to ask for any Lakers tickets or any Lakers gear, he would literally laugh in my face. See, you need two. You'd have to get two tickets and then make him come. Because, like, he's not going to pass on um, the opportunity to go see that happen. I mean... <laughs> True, true. If it was well, a finals game, he would go. For sure. Especially <laughs> if it was the Celtics. Oh, my God. That would be like Celtics, a Lakers. Oh, man. Oh. That would be amazing. Okay, so let's get into the hockey playoffs, how it's going to look this year. Because obviously, considering the circumstances, every sporting event coming back is going to look completely different than what we're used to. So I know on your podcast, you already kind of went over all the different like rules and the setup and the way it's going to work. Um, so we don't have to cover off on that too much just because I feel like everybody kind of knows by now the general way that it's going to work. Um, and we're in phase two, I think, right now, right? I think technically, yeah, phase three, I guess, technically begins July 10th. And 24 teams begin training camp then. And then phase four will be kind of decided once. I think they actually see how this whole phase three thing plays out. If I'm wrong. Right. No, no you got yeah. it. Yeah, okay, teams right, are right. practicing right now. Some, they're doing like, like voluntary right? practices right now at their facilities. So Okay, perfect. So then once we get into phase three, that's definitely like getting a lot closer to actually playing. So what are your kind of thoughts on just the way they're doing it, having like these hub cities, um, the extended kind of welcome to more teams than usual? Kind of what are your thoughts on the setup that they came up with? You know, it's not very user-friendly at first glance, which is disappointing. Uh, One of the things that kind of irked me about it was the NHL made a huge move coming out first with being the first to announce, officially announce their return to play plan. Yeah. And it's an opportunity with people not having sports. I mean, the first sport, the first league that comes back, I mean, it's just going to be a spike in views because so many people are just like dying for sports. We're done watching old games. We're done watching <laughs> simulated video games. Like we, we need our sports back. Yeah. And it's, it's a little hard to follow at first. So when you have the casual sports fan that maybe doesn't watch the NHL on a regular basis, it's not that easy to kind of come in and say, wait, how is this working? Like what, what's the difference between the qualifying round and the round robin tournament? Yeah. But I do give them a lot of props for how they set it up because they still wanted to make it somewhat competitive, um, have some play-in options that you had the Metropolitan Division where 
there were a lot of teams like within I think there were God, like a five point difference between first place and fifth. Yeah. Like yeah. just so close. And it would have been such a bummer if, you know, hey, they cut it off at eight and said, nope, these are 16 teams. Let's play. And guys that are, you know, teams that are one or two points out of a wild card spot, they're like, well, hey, like, how's that fair? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so I do like the play in round. Um, I am disappointed that uh, my team was on the bubble, but I was my season was over in December, so that's fine. <laughs> There's something special about being able to enjoy the playoffs without having your team in it because yeah. you don't literally want to throw yourself out a window of stress. See, that was why I loved hockey playoffs before, pre-Nashville, because now that we live in Nashville and we've like experienced a playoff game for the Preds, I'm sorry, but I'm not cheering for anybody other than the Nashville Preds. And let's just be honest with ourselves. They're they're likely not going to win. Yeah. So, I mean, but I enjoy being able to just be a fan sometimes. So I wish just I could just be a fan. a fan of the sport exactly. rather than a fan of the team. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because sometimes your heart just gets crushed. And then you're like, I don't want to watch anymore. But there's still fantastic hockey to watch. But you're still right. just like, eh, See, pouting. that's me. That's me with football right now. Ever since the Chargers left San Diego, I decided to disband and become a free agent fan. <laughs> I don't blame you. I like that. It's I literally I, I told myself I would find a new team, and I just haven't found one yet. It's I'm actually supposedly I don't know when this episode releases, but I'm going on IG Live with a guy that's a special in fantasy football, and he's like, "I'm going to help you pick a team. You need to pick a team." <laughs> I, just, I don't think this is going to work. That's I mean, genius. it's been three years, and I haven't picked a football team yet. I've lived in you know that was when I was in Chicago, moved to New York, haven't found one. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm just destined to be an unrestricted free agent for the rest of my life. You can be a Titans fan. Just join the party over here. I'm not a Titans fan. I know. Not either, but (laughs) we could become them. (laughs) I do do love watching Derrick Henry play at football. That dude's a beast. He's He's a scan even. He's a six foot six tank. I think he's six six. I don't know. He's massive either way, but he's a, yeah. I'm the same way as you are though. I'm a free agent NFL fan. Well, yeah, I guess that's a good way of saying because I was a free agent NFL person yeah. <laughs> originally. Um, but I don't really have a team affiliation. I used to be a massive Eagles fan, and then originally, I, I don't know, the Donovan McNabb era was really my era. That's yeah. when I was a big fan. Westbrook, too. Um, and then I kind of started to play football, and then I was a free agent. And I was like, eh, you know, I just love the game, love the sport, and just enjoying watching anybody play. So I feel you, but there is also <laughs> something about being, I don't know, really invested in a team yeah. and just watching them win because it, it just makes everything more sweet. I don't know. Your days are always better when your team wins. Right. You, you need to come here and watch these Jets fans on Sunday, though. You're going to feel a lot better about being a free agent because, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's a rough team to be a fan watching of. Watching football with Jets fans is a whole different level of miserable, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, so this is – I know we're supposed to be talking about hockey, but I just got to ask you this question. What did you think when he said that he was seeing ghosts? Same Darnold. <laughs> I oh, needed that. This year. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. There's, I'll send it to you. There's yeah, a picture please. of me, my gym. I'm a big, I, I'm a boxer here, so I'm oh, part of like a big boxing community. And we had like a Halloween theme day, and I needed a costume that I could like still work out in. So I was like, oh, I got to think of something. And luckily, that Patriots Jets game happened that Monday. <laughs> yes. And perfect opportunity. I was, thinking, I was like, oh, this could be good. So. I got a child's Sam Darnold shirt for God. I wasn't. I wasn't about to drop major money. No, on no, no. <laughs> no. I had. Um, I had eye black already. Just. I, I was Justin Turner the year before. You could tell I have a pattern with my my <laughs> costume. But um, so I had the eye black. Um, just made myself look as much like a quarterback as I could, and I took towels and. 
I found two of my friends at the gym and I just threw them over their heads. I was like, you're ghosts. <laughs> that's <laughs> fantastic. That's All right, that's... We, that we do good. we do claps in our podcast, so oh, here we'll, we'll throw a clap oh, at the you. we'll throw a clap at the Halloween costume because yeah, That's I hilarious. he'll never live that down. Like literally in my no, eyes, no. he's still as great of a season as he has next year. He will still be the guy that said I saw ghosts on national television as he knew he was mic'd up. So no the offense guy to him. Catch the guy can't. I mean, first he gets mono, and then Facts. he wears his bionic suit that he had to wear yeah and he says he's singing ghost i yeah. mean the jets have so they have so much faith in this kid that he's gonna be the next great quarterback to take them back into a deep run into the playoffs and which i hate the kid's talented i have yeah. i'm not saying that at all but just a rough 2019 was not his year not, he's not had his like, yeah he's had more great highlight like news articles than he has in my personal opinion probably success on the field so far so far uh, yeah. and that right. that's so mean far. but so far we'll see if he can turn the tables this year but all right back to hockey sorry so i want to no you're good <laughs> i wanted to kind of ask you about like your take on this so do you think it's a disadvantage or an advantage for the teams that get a bye week because I think that's an interesting take on a lot of people's, I don't know, plates right now, is they think it could be an advantage for the teams. And some are saying, well, hold up. They've had to sit out for a while. They haven't played together as a team for a while. This could be, you know, a disadvantage. So what do you think in your eyes? I think it's a disadvantage. I do. Um, I think if you, well, you have the first play-in rounds where they're going to play a best-of-five series. So they have to start. They're already beginning to play playoff hockey. And you do have that small round-robin tournament where they each play a team once, but that's three games. That's three different teams. That's yeah. way different than playing the same team in a best-of-five series. Right. So I do in that case, I do think that the bye week is a disadvantage, which I think that's why the Tampa Bay Lightning actually voted against it because they were like, yo, like, the, the hell is this? Yeah. yeah, like I need some PT before I actually have to go – legitimately play some playoff hockey like it's a little different going from a regular season to playoff i mean there's gonna be a lot to adjust to especially with i mean they're gonna be in uh, one of the things with the hub cities is if you're it's like say like they they just rumored they just there's a rumor going around that vegas it's not officially confirmed which is why i'm saying it's a rumor but vegas is gonna might be one of the hub cities which it makes sense you need hotels you need restaurants you need practice facilities and they said if vegas becomes one of them vegas their hub city will not – the Golden Knights will not have their hub city be Vegas. Yeah, it's because they so, can't have, like, home court or home ice advantage, right? They would literally be the exactly. only team. That would be nuts. They would be yeah. the one team out of every single team in all of sports that would have that actual advantage. Well, I guess maybe Orlando in the NBA, right. technically. Yeah. But they're, let's just be honest with ourselves. That they're doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so then – So, I mean, in that regard, I don't think – I mean – I feel like Vegas is like a no-brainer just because yeah, they I do agree. have all the makings for it being a great hub city. Yeah, It's just, I mean, you think about this bye week and these guys are going to be playing in new ice. There's going to be no fans. There's going to be a lot to adjust to as yeah. far as playing playoff hockey this year. It's not going to be like every other year because they feed off of that crowd energy and the atmosphere so yeah. much. You can tell the oh, level sure. of play is just up seven notches. So I think the I honestly think the guys doing the play in round will have a better advantage. Yeah. No question. I definitely think that too, because like you said, there's they're gonna have a lot more experience just in the weird circumstances that this will be in. So what do you think are some of the other kind of like factors that are gonna come into play? Because it is gonna look so much different and they just had a big layoff period of time. Like obviously the location will be a factor that comes in, um, like conditioning. What kind of things do you think are gonna kind of maybe persuade or make a team more successful than others? 
For me, I'm look if I'm thinking of so many people ask like, oh, who are your favorites? You know, what, yeah. what teams do you think are going to do well in this format? And I, my first thought is teams that are good on the road. Yeah. Teams that have a can go into another building, still play their style of hockey, and come away with a win. Because um, there's that's very hard to, especially in a place in a sport like hockey where, like I've said, the atmosphere is just huge and so many fans. I mean, you have the tight quarters, you have just the ambiance, other places that you can feed off of. I mean, teams like the Flyers and the Rangers that had great, great away game streaks. And the Rangers are still pretty low down on that playoff, uh, on the playoff seating for the uh, playing round, excuse me. So as far as a dark horse, I mean, people are going to scratch their heads at this, but I'm, I'm going with the New York Rangers. <laughs> they're definitely, especially Ooh, since they're I matched up with, with the Carolina Hurricanes. They went 4-0 against the Hurricanes this season. That's not something to be ignored. No, yeah. So, you know, I've been seeing the Rangers as a sleeper for a lot of people, honestly, because yeah. of the exact reasons that you say is because, one, they're very resilient on the road. Two, as much as they, I mean, as much as maybe some people would say you know, against us, know. it's a disadvantage to kind of have a plan or have to play a plan. We think it's an advantage, and I agree with you 100%. It really is. And the fact that they've already beaten their opponent that they're going up against four times, not just once, not just twice, four, speaks volume. So I, I think that's a fantastic point, and I think that they really could be a sleeper. I do also kind of want to ask, because for somebody that maybe isn't the most, I don't know, experienced hockey person or watched hockey their whole life or seen kind of, you know, how a whole hockey team kind of succeeds and fails because I've never really watched one team for many years and yeah, so you true. don't I don't really get to study that one team a lot and you you kind of been able to study your team for many years what do you think in your eyes is like the most important thing for a team in terms of being able to win a championship or success you cannot get far in the playoffs with mediocre goaltending. Goaltending is key and that's part of the reason like the Rangers Henrik Lundqvist is still top goalie in the league and i will fight anyone that wants to tell me otherwise <laughs> but it always all those scrums in front of the net i mean obviously there's the easy ones you got to be able to score you got to you know your defense has to be able to help out but for me i mean it comes down to goaltending i love that i personally one of my favorite positions to watch is the goalie because they are a dog <laughs> man like you got to have a mindset of a dog to be in that net. Because you couldn't pay me money to have somebody flinging a little baby puck <laughs> at my face at a very high mile per hour Velocity. rate. <laughs> yeah. I just, mm, I'm good. Like, no thank you. Let, let me tell you, you can tell a lot about a hockey fan and their level of knowledge of the sport and also respect for the players by how they talk about their goaltender. That's yeah. true. So many times you will see people, told, after one bad game, they'll ring their goalie out to dry. Meanwhile, there's some of these shots, these guys don't stand a chance no. shooting. Yeah, yeah like you go sit your ass in that net. Like, no. <laughs> Exactly. They're the last line of defense. It's last resort. I remember people used to tell me when I used to play defense was, you know, your job is to make sure it doesn't get to the goalie. Yeah, exactly. That is your job. Yeah. And, you know, you could see so many times where guys get uncovered, but some people that they, they, they just refuse to see, oh, he should have had that. Oh, that was a soft goal. And it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Or like one bad game and they want them traded and out here. That's why Rangers fans annoy me so much. They have <laughs> arguably one of the greatest goalies we have ever seen in our time. And every time they're like, oh, trade Hank. Oh, no, he's it's he's past his prime. No, 
no, you don't deserve to have this man on your team if this is how you treat him. I mean, they even two years ago at the trade deadline, which I give a lot of props to the Rangers for doing, Peckham was they Peckham. sent a letter to their fans saying, hey, we can either get into the playoffs and get bounced early or we can rebuild and put the pieces together to have a solid run in the future. And we're going to trade away some of your favorite players, which they ended up trading away a lot of franchise guys at the time. They offered something to Hank, and he said no. He wanted to stay in New York. So you have a loyal guy that can still guard the net and lead this young team. He is the captain of this team. So whenever I see here Rangers fans dogging on Hank, I I put up the Dukes. I'm like, see, I'll, I'll, I'll defend you, your goalie for you. Don't mind me. Yeah. I feel you. That's how I feel about Pekka. Like as a Preds fan, that's how I became like originally oh. a Preds fan because I watched Pekka's him. A oh, yes. he's a beast. <laughs> and people just they're like, oh, he's old. I'm like. He, old? Who gives a shit? Disrespect. Yeah, constantly exactly. giving, con- been giving the Ducks a hard time for years. I he's can't stand him, but I love watching him <laughs> play. Right? Like he's one of those. Pl- it's like Tom Brady. Like for Steph, can't stand the guy. She literally no. cannot. But at the end of the day, Steph is he a goat? Yeah, he definitely still is. Exactly. And I'm never questioning his skill or ability. Does he annoy the shit out of me? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I still know how good he is. So. But I think that's a great point that you bring up because a goalie to me is so slept on, so underrated. If we're trying to compare positions, nowhere near is it comparable. Maybe I guess you could – I'll try and make the comparison because I'll try and compare it to Go everything. It. But I think it's kind of similar to a place kicker in terms of the process. You know, a lot of people blame a kicker if they miss a field goal, but they don't see the hold. They don't see the snap. And at the end of the day, a lot of people blame the goalkeeper if he misses a shot. But at the end of the day, you don't see, who knows, maybe the forward didn't come back and help out. Or maybe the defense was lacking on that side. Or you never, maybe the rotation was trash. You don't know all the things that go into it. And so it's just so fascinating to kind of talk actual sports with somebody who watches the whole process, the whole sports. Knows all the moving pieces. Exactly. And so, yeah. I mean, the only time you can really blame a goalie is if, you know, he's out of the crease. Which for That gives me, my youngest brother is a goalie and that's my... Oh, whenever he gets out of the paint, I'm like, get your ass back in there. Like, oh my god, they go around to like feed the puck, and that's the worst. That's one of those like just bad plays, bad timing. But I do have to ask since you brought that up. So I'm thinking back to what was it? The 20? What year was that? 2019. Um, mm-hmm. Eagles Bears. So that kick wasn't Cody Parkey's fault. Oh, not the <laughs> doink, not the double doink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I. Didn't I call him missing? Yeah, he did. So I, I, like I said, I was a free agent in the I NFL. I did too. Oh, was, real? Oh, God, that's hilarious. Because he made the first one, and I was like, oh. Yeah. And you could just it. tell. So for me, I watch a lot of their body language because for me, when it's a pressure situation, a pressure kick, if they don't look the same as they did on, on an extra point in the first quarter, you're screwed. Because they should look at every kick the same, and every kick should be the same. And so when I saw him line up, he was a little bent over, and I was like, mm, Steph, I think he's going to miss. <laughs> sure enough, I didn't think he was going to double doink. I wish I would have called that. I'd be a millionaire. But long story short, he ended up double doinking. And so I think 100% that's his fault. But I will say a lot of times or a lot of games, if you see a kicker miss a kick and they replay it, it's always interesting to see if he had the laces facing him or sometimes for a right-footed kicker, the ball's leaning left, or sometimes the snap was over the holder's head and he had to adjust and it throws their timing off. Um, kind of the same situation as a goalkeeper. You know, all those different little baby minuscule details that sometimes people miss. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so quick question before we wrap it up, because I think this has been an awesome talk, not only about hockey, but about all sports. So once again, thank you again for coming on. But 
there are some teams who obviously did not make the cut. Unfortunately, your team <laughs> is one of them. But thank you, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. With a sorry, of yeah, course. Just <laughs> no, sure, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, we didn't look think... at your Western Conference regular season champions banner up in Bridgestone. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we did not think the Preds originally when this whole kind of maybe first quarter of the season started. We didn't think the Preds were going to make it. No. So <laughs> they were doing good for a little, and then they just like dropped off. But anyways, uh-huh. there are some teams who aren't going to make the playoffs, and those teams are going to go a significant period of time without playing like a competitive game do you think that that's going to put them at a disadvantage for next season at all like do you think this is a double disadvantage for them you know um that's a difficult thing I mean it's I have not thought about that too much honestly but I mean you think about it the last game was played mid-march so given let's just say these teams these seven teams wouldn't have made the playoffs regardless if even if the season had played out until early April like normal I mean that's three weeks I mean I don't see that as too much of a disadvantage here um if anything um it gives teams that's the one thing is it gives time you know also in regards to the play-in teams they've had this amount of time off anyone that's healing injuries I mean you hear stories all the time there was I think it was the 2013 cup final when Patrice Bergeron had broken just about every single bone in his body and was had like a punctured lung. And whenever a team gets eliminated, you hear all the injuries that these guys were playing through. Yeah. If anything, it gives these times to guys time to fully recover, get the surgeries they need to get, do all the PT they need to do. Um, as far as um, from a competitive standpoint, you know, I guess we'll see uh, when the season does return, when the 2020-2021 season happens. Yeah. But I don't see it as too much of a disadvantage, to be honest. I don't. Okay. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I think it's, like, more of a disadvantage in basketball, like we, we've we talked in a different episode. But I think it could actually end up being more of a disadvantage for the teams that are playing because they will have a shorter turnaround. And like you said, if there are injuries, they might not have as long to recover. Um, so I agree. We're going to have to wait to see what the next season even looks like and the timing on everything. But I think this is a really awesome conversation. We are now knowing who you pick to win. We have no idea who's going to win, to be totally honest. But Go Preds! I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, but no, yeah, with that being said, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Will you tell everybody where they can find you once again to connect? Because I'm sure they probably enjoyed this as much as we did. So definitely go connect with her afterwards and listen to all the content that she puts out because it's really fantastic. We personally, personally always enjoy it. Well, thank you. The feelings mutual from you guys. I love your stuff. Um, But you all can find me again, uh, OD on sports, wherever podcasts are streamed, Instagram at OD on sports and personal at sweet Annie OD. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much, and thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to leave a review, leave a rating, and make sure you're subscribed, we would absolutely love it, and we will see you again next time. And also, thank you to everybody on the front lines and everybody doing their part during this crazy pandemic of ours. We hope everybody's staying safe and doing well.